Make money online. I continue to have bad news here. Um, people are listening to the podcast. Not only are they listening to the podcast, but they have questions. Yeah, I know. I know. I think they're like demanding some answers from us mm-hmm. about why. We do. did position this as an advice podcast. Did we? I I honestly haven't read our website. I'm more like Herman T's Weibel about it. Like mm. I'm offering information mm-hmm. and also being a lunatic. I'm more Wiley Coyote about it. What does that mean? I'm ordering a lot of stuff from Acme and I'm trying to catch that damned Roadrunner. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Acme is kind of like Amazon.com, isn't it? It really is. It's a website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so what, what, the, what was the question? I think you wrote down the question. I have a lot. You. Um, how do you get recurring revenue from a variety of different products as a consultant in order to beat feast or famine, I believe? Was yeah, the yeah. What are, what are the best strategies for establishing recurring revenue streams for Ooh. independent consultants and freelancers? We've talked about passive income before, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a thing. Mm-hmm. But I think passive income, like uh, ebook sales while you sleep, course sales while you sleep, it's different than recurring revenue because with recurring revenue, there's really a focus on, well, I'm still doing work, but... It's it's not passive. It's subscription-based. It's monthly payments. I mean, Draft Revise is a perfect example of this. People are paying you a, a fixed fee. Basis. Yeah, on a quarterly yeah. basis to do a thing. Not tied to time, but tied to we're doing a range of A-B tests and reporting to results. improve it. Yeah, results. Yes. Mm-hmm. But um, not X hours a week. Right, right. And, and nobody is tracking my time, least of all me, right? Like, I'm doing whatever I want. Um, but there's also other forms of this, right? Like, there's the the kind of productized consulting service that I think we're discussing or like a retainer or something like that. But there's also like revised weekly, right? So, um, and I literally just one morning a week, write up a 1000 plus word lesson about AB testing in some capacity and they all build on themselves and they're all part of a piece and they talk about kind of the mindset shift that's necessary. Um, there's draft analysis where you pay $125 and I'm not getting recurring revenue from it, but you get a year of content, right? So you're still kind of, um, continually putting out a, a certain pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I think uh, to, to answer the question of what the best options are, let's apply some criteria to the question, some scoring for how we figure out what best is. So uh, uh, I'd suggest one factor is it's easy to validate demand. You might be a consultant and say, well, hey, I love the idea of launching a monthly newsletter that's paid. I'm going to have people pay for it. But if you don't already have an existing mailing list or audience, it's going to be difficult to sell. So how easy it is to validate it really comes into play. Right. Another factor is how easy it is to launch it. Can you use existing tools and systems off the shelf to just JFS, just fucking ship it and get it out the door? Is it going to take three months to build your own courseware? Right. Uh, another option would be, I think, leverage. How lucrative is it versus the time that you have to put into it? If it takes 100 hours and you make $100 versus if it takes 10 minutes and you make $100, your effective hourly rate is going to be drastically different. We want to focus on opportunities that are more highly leveraged for us at our business. Yeah, more efficient, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you think about your hourly rate in terms of this, mm-hmm. um, which you shouldn't have one, but, you know, assuming you had one, right? you're getting $1,000 an hour, and the other 50 minutes you get to spend on the beach, mm-hmm. which is great. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your beach. Final criteria I'd sort of add in there, stability and predictability. We want low-variance offerings. We want something where people will show up, like with Draft Revise, they're paying a quarter at a time. You know, okay, great. Average engagement might be six, nine, 12 months, but at least this person's on board for three months. Not, okay, great. Once a week, they're going to pay. Oh, they canceled after two weeks. Shit. Yeah, then that's common, right? Like high churn after the first month is a sign that your product is 
Uh, not that desirable. Not uh, that valuable. Not solving not that, a good problem. Not that valuable. Um, I mean, it's both, right? Like people desire things that they value. So I think that kind of are of a piece mm -hmm. that you can that you can argue there. Um, but yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So so when we think about the different ways, I mean, easy to validate. I think is the first question, and we validate by looking at what our market, what our target market positioning, please listen to our previous episodes on positioning, uh, what your target market is experiencing, what problems they're experiencing, and what they're looking to pay for. And I think you validate demand first by seeing, well, what are the pains and problems? And second, what sort of solutions are already out there around the recurring price point I'm targeting that people are paying for? So it's easy to say, well, I want to launch a print newsletter that people subscribe to. You look around and you see it varies between $25 and $100 an issue. Okay, great. That gives you an idea of a, there's a demand, people are paying for this, and B, what you could earn from it. If you're launching a recurring productized service or a recurring consulting service, look around and see, oh, wow, people pay 500 to 5000 for monthly SEO audits and tune-ups or traffic analysis. Okay, great. That gives you a range. That gives you an idea of the scope. But we validated both price, scope, and demand by looking at competitors and looking at the market and seeing what people will and are paying for. Um. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this is getting a little bit away from the recurring revenue. It's coming up with something that people want to buy, which is pretty foundational. You should come up with something people want to buy. But I think there's something more detailed in what you're talking about, which is something people want to buy frequently. You know, the, how many times, Kai, have you seen, um, like, get rid of recurring charges on your credit card, like things, right? So that speaks to me that there's a broadly felt pain that people are getting dinged repeatedly by something that sucks, right? And don't be that thing, right? Don't be the thing that people, because people are always on the warpath to kill off recurring charges. And at the same time, recurring charges are the thing that's going to leverage like maximal value for you and your business, right? Like, oh God, how much of draft revenue has been recurring in the past five years, it's something like at least 60%, I imagine, higher. Uh, so that that matters tremendously much to me and to my solvency as a business and being able to talk into this microphone I bought, mm -hmm. you know, like all of that, right. all of it matters. So, so what are the easiest ways to establish recurring revenue? I think look at the, here's how I actually did it for my business. Uh, four or five years ago when I tried to figure out a recurring service, I looked at the standard sort of peak service I was selling, a website teardown, an SEO audit, and I asked, okay, what are related services that somebody would buy if they had just purchased an SEO audit? Just applying like the Amazon-related product uh, uh, methodology. And I said, okay, people might need link building, people might need outreach, people might need keyword optimizations. I brainstormed a list of 10 to 20 different things. And I said, okay, great. Which of these are things where there's a consistent monthly demand, where a buyer needs the outcome or the output of it every month? And going through my list, I was like, oh, keyword optimization? Yeah, kind of. Link building? Oh, no. Sites, yeah, you know, I advise people try to earn 10 to 20 new unique links to their site every month. Mm -hmm. There's a monthly demand. There's a monthly need for it. You want to be a long-term relationship. You want long-term outcomes. It's easily productized. Huh, this seems like a good recurring service. And this is actually how I came up with outreach and then podcast outreach as a way to fulfill, hey, let's get X links per month. So right. I think this is sort of a mental framework you could wor work through to identify potential sources of recurring revenue. You need to do the market validation step, but this helps you brainstorm them. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that was, I mean, how many people have asked me the question, how did you come up with Draft Revise? I'll I'll say this on this podcast for the 5,000th time. Um, I basically came up with the Venn diagram overlap of things I can charge on hourly retainer and UXE related services. I have a design background. I do interaction design. I still, in the year of our Lord 2017, practice interaction design for a living. And so I thought A-B testing was a pretty sweet spot because it allowed you to measure the impact of a design decision. In order to measure the impact, you have to come up with design decisions. And in order to do that, you have to practice design. So I'm still doing design, right? But it's in the service of a revenue-generating action that you can A-B test and measure more effectively. That's the short of it. Um, But in that is kind of what you're saying, Kai, where I, you know, thought about you're effectively establishing a series of constraints on a problem, right? Like you're saying um, it has to be leveraged on a monthly basis in a way that people will value. Both of those things are pretty big constraints, right? Mm -hmm. And I I think working within constraints is valuable. It gives you a scope you need to play within and constraints let you come up with interesting ideas. Uh, uh, Thinking about the question a little more, how do we establish recurring revenue? I think there's an interesting direction we could take it in where the outcome we're searching for is how could I, with a single client, have a higher lifetime value of the client and have the client pay me over time? Well, we could flip that around to how can you sell one-off projects like hire me for a week for this fixed rate, but sell it multiple times to clients? I think we're overlooking or in the quest for recurring revenue, we overlook, well, sell a one-off service, but maybe a week of development time or a week of design or consulting time, but pitch it to the client of like, okay, great, this is going to be a three-week project, or I'm available for week-long sprints on marketing or development, buy up a week or multiple weeks at a time, and it generates for you that same recurring revenue, but by selling a fixed-price, fixed-scope service as a one-off charge, you just get really good at, okay, great, do you want to buy another week? How could we extend this project? How could I continue to help you? Yeah, yeah. Um, It's also a good thing to leverage like ongoing contracts, right? Like you do site setup and then you switch it into a maintenance fee, something like that. Um, Maintenance retainers are probably a whole separate episode of this podcast, but they are lucrative and wonderful and very difficult to pull off. And there are a lot of tactical things you need to be thinking about. And what's probably going to happen for your first like year of doing this is you're going to lose a lot of maintenance retainers and learn stuff about the whole process. And honestly, I'd say that's true for any recurring offering you launch. You're going to have, you're going to start out undercharging from what you will eventually be charging. You're going to have high churn early on. You're going to have a few too many clients early on if it takes off just because you're learning the scope and again, you're undercharging compared to what you eventually will be charging for the value provided. But it's all in service of learning more about the service you're selling. It's all about becoming a better business owner. Yeah, and understanding, I mean, I saw a post about, um, like, some people are just good at getting money. Um, Like, 50 Cent is the example that this person cited, of all Mm -hmm. people. And he's kind of like a serial entrepreneur. Like, he knows, at at one point, like, 50 Cent was just like, I'll shovel your driveway. For 100 bucks. For 100 bucks. And, like, I don't know. In a snowstorm. I think if you plowed in Chicago, it would cost more than 100 bucks. Mm Mm-hmm. My hourly rate, it would be way more than a hundred bucks. Yep. Right. So, um, you know, that's, that's something like 50 cent is constantly thinking, Oh, it's a snowstorm. I'm not going to get out the hot chocolate and glog. 
I'm going to go shovel people's driveways for a hundred dollars because I'm going to get that money. And honestly, like there's on, money on the on this aside, readers read profiles, read case studies, read biographies, read articles on Fifty Cent. He very much has a true hustler entrepreneur's mentality, and it's an amazing case study of how to make money. I mean, uh, his vitamin water deal, I think. Why not? Is a major source of revenue or was a major source of his fortune. And it paid off well. And it's not his music business. It's the ancillary products. But rabbit hole on 50 Cent aside. I mean, it's not even 50 Cent. Like, if you look at Jay-Z, right? He just came out with an album today as of recording this podcast. He became rap's first billionaire by doing, like, incredibly shrewd marketing deals with, like, Samsung. Yep. And Pitchfork laid it all out in a blog post at one point. It was just like, here's how he did this. And like, why aren't you doing that with your consulting practice? Mm -hmm. This is an actual question. It sounds absurd to be comparing all of this to Jay-Z and 50 Cent. But within that is a process of constantly figuring out ways to provide value and get paid for it. And if you're not thinking about that, like... Why are you in the game? You know who my number one business inspiration right now is? Uh, Taylor Swift. Bingo. T-Swift. T-Dog. Right. Um, I fear Taylor Swift. Yes, as you should. Right. 